Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, my money-saving comrades. My name's Graham Clark, and I'm excited to be with you again this week on the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast. This is a podcast made by the Money Steppers Savings Community for the Money Stepper Savings Community. It's designed to help us all achieve the goals that we've set for the 2015 Savings Challenge and make that journey to financial freedom much more friendly and enjoyable. Are you ready? Let's get going. The key to a financially secure retirement is simply having enough money and in that regard, it doesn't really matter whether it's in an ISA or a pension. Today's quote of the week comes from unbiased.co.uk, which is a website in the UK um, which recommends independent financial advisors to people. And their quote for me is split into two parts. One part that I agree with I'll discuss now and one part which I don't necessarily agree with, which forms the basis of the rest of this session. 
The starting point is that the key to a financially secure retirement is simply having enough money. And that I agree with completely. The idea of the retirement is that you can generate an income from your investments in retirement, which is sufficient for your needs and that it covers all the expenses so you can you can live life how you want to live and you can do all the things you want to do in retirement. So the number one factor, the most important factor, is having enough money in retirement. The second point, they say it doesn't matter whether it's in an ISA or a pension. Well, I would say that is a secondary factor. The most important thing is saving enough money so you have enough money in retirement. But whether it's in an ISA or a pension, I think, actually does matter. There are quite a few differences between the two. For certain people, it might be more beneficial to save for retirement in a pension. For others, it might be better to save in an ISA. So today we're going to discuss the difference between the two. And today's topic has been driven by uh, two friends asked me very similar questions in the past week or so uh, effect regarding their retirement accounts, effectively addressing this point, whether they should be looking to contribute more towards their pension now or whether they should take their salary and put that money into the ISA but to use that towards their retirement. All the discussion we'll have in today's episode will be based on ISAs and pensions and that's UK terminology but do carry on listening if you're an international listener to the show because very very similar principles apply worldwide. Now, the accounts have slightly different names and there's slightly different rules and there's slightly different tax structures. But in the US, for instance, you have 401ks and Roth IRAs, which are effectively the same thing as a pension account against an ISA in the UK. So there might be some uh, some differences, but there's, there's more similarities than there are differences, so I would urge you to carry on listening. Okay, let's get cracking. Right then, in the argument between ISAs and pensions, the most important thing to do is understand what they are. And my best explanation that I can come up with these things is that they are both boxes. They are closed boxes and the taxman waits just outside these boxes to decide when to tax the money. Now in the ISA box, he taxes the money before it goes in. He catches you before the money goes into the box and he charges you income tax on your salary. In the pension box, you sneak that money into the pension before he notices, but when you take it out, the taxman's there waiting. As they say, there's two things that are certain in life, death and taxes. And he's always going to be there and he catches you when the money comes out of the box. Whilst the money's in the box, it's treated the same. There's no tax on the income or the capital gains you earn on any investments on your money when it's either in an ISA box or a pension box. What you can invest in is broadly the same as well. There are some very slight differences, but nothing that you, most people need to worry about. And so this is all a pension is. It's really deferring when you pay your tax to later on. Take one very simple example, okay? You've got £100, you are going to earn 10% and then you get taxed 20% of your uh, your amount afterwards. So with an ISA, you'd earn £100, you'd be taxed 20%, so you're left with £80, and you'll put that in your box for one year, earning 10%, and so your £80 earns £8, and you're left with £88. With a pension, you put £100 in your box before the taxman sees it, it earns 10%, 
it's worth £110, you take it out of your box, the taxman charges you 20% on £110, which leaves you with the same £88 final amount. When looking at the difference between an ISA and a pension, there are three main quantitative factors and two qualitative factors. The monetary factors, the quantitative factors, are probably the most important in my opinion, but that's probably because I'm a maths nerd. So for me, personal finance is very much about the numbers and the mathematical equations to work out which scenario is optimal. The first quantitative factor is the rate of tax you pay. So we said but the difference between the ISA and the pension is when you pay your tax. Now, if you think you're going to be paying the same tax rate in retirement as you're paying today, then this doesn't have any impact. Okay? Because you'll pay, like we said in our example, maybe 20% on the money you earn now and 20% in retirement. However, in the UK, they have bans on tax and income tax, and they are different depending on how much you earn. And you can split that between what is called a basics rate taxpayer and a higher rate taxpayer. So if you think that you would be a higher rate taxpayer now, but a lower rate taxpayer in retirement, then a pension is a better idea because the tax will be paid at 20% when you retire, if you're a basic rate payer in retirement, instead of 40% now. However, I'd urge you to do the maths on that because many people, if they're saving according to the fundamentals of Money Stepper and what we advise here, if you're a higher rate taxpayer throughout your working life, it's fairly unlikely that you'll be a basic rate payer in retirement. You can run all the numbers and all the different spreadsheets you can find in either the investing section or the retirement section on Money Stepper. But if you're putting away a significant amount of your of your salary for towards your retirement and you're earning, you know, 10% a year in through market tracking ETFs and you're investing for the long term, that pot will grow to a significant value. And your income that you'll draw down from that, even if you only draw down at, at kind of the 4% rule, you'll still probably be a higher rate tax earner. Equally, if you're a low rate tax earner all your life and you plan to, to be a higher in retirement, which may be possible, then an ISA might be better than pensions. So for that, I'd run the numbers, but usually there's not a difference. You'll be either be a low rate taxpayer all your life and a low rate taxpayer in retirement, or you'll be high in both. Run those figures, but for who wins in that between a pension and an ISA, I'm going to have to say it's a draw. However, there are some other quantitative factors we need to take into account. And the most important of these is the employer match. Now, many employers offer their employees a certain incentive on top of their basic salary. And a lot of employers do this through, you know, you might get a bonus, you might get car schemes, things like that. But one common one is that they will match your contribution to your pension in some way. Now, these can be very generous. One of the participants in the group sent me an email with a question recently, and his company actually matched 15% of his salary. Now, not all of them are that generous, but usually your employer will give you something for free when you contribute to your own pension scheme. I'll use the example that my friend sent me last night when he asked me this question, which, um, which instigated this episode. His employer said that if he contributed 6% to his pension, then the employer would match 3%. So, based on the average UK salary, 
£28,000, that 3% the employer matches is £840 a year. We don't need to worry about the 6% contribution from the individual because that would be the same whether it's an ISA or a pension because we can earn the same returns on that over the long run. But the extra £840 a year is free money. Now, some people might argue that the £840 a year isn't very much. Well, I would counter that argument in two ways. One, it is very much. It is a lot of money, okay? £840 a year. You do quite a lot of work to earn that income. And if your employer is giving that to you for free, just by putting your money into a sensible long-term savings plan, then that's got to be a good thing. Secondly, I would say, well, it isn't that £840 per year that's the interesting figure. Because that £840 free money from employer happens every year. And not only do we have all that, we'd also have the return on the investment on which we apply that £840. So if we put that £840 into market tracking, low cost ETFs, we could earn, say, 6% above inflation. So let's run a quick example. That £840 a year, saved at 6% above inflation for 30 years, would mean that I have free cash, I have extra money in my retirement when I, when I hit retirement age, of £66,409. Completely free. The employer matches it. That is something I wouldn't have if I took my salary and put it into an ISA. Now, this is one of the largest contributing factors to the argument of ISAs versus pensions. And if you go to the show notes at moneystepper.com forward slash PVI for pensions versus ISAs, in there I'll include a spreadsheet where you can put your own figures in, you can put your own employer match and you can work out exactly how much that will be for you. That's a tick for the pensions. The pensions take a lead. And there's another quantitative factor to do with tax that also gives pensions the edge. Before we said that the difference between the boxes was that the taxman is waiting for you on the way in for your ISA and he's waiting for you on the way out of your pension. Now, the difference is that he charges you your income tax rate on your full salary when it's going in for your ISA. However, for a pension, when it comes out, you actually get 25% tax-free. You can take that as a tax-free lump sum when you retire. So the taxman doesn't actually touch that 25%. Now, again, you'll have to run that for your own calculations, for your own figures, but that will have a significant impact as well. Say you're a higher rate taxpayer, it effectively drops your tax rate down from the 40% to 30% because you're only paying tax on 75% of your retirement. So when we look at the quantitative factors, pensions are winning. We've had one draw because we think that Uh, The difference between basic and higher rate between now and retirement will probably be the same. We've got a win for pensions in that they have employer matches and that can be a very significant amount of money in the long term. And also we have another tick for pensions because you get 25% tax-free lump sum when you retire. So pensions look to be better than ISAs. Not so fast. You also have some qualitative factors. Ones that can't necessarily be measured through through money, through a pound or dollar amount, but ones we need to take in, into consideration nonetheless. And the first and most important of these is liquidity. Okay, How liquid is your investment? One thing that puts people off pensions 
is that once you put your money into that pension account, it can't be touched until you retire. Now, for someone just starting work at the age of 21 or 22 or even younger than that, 16 or 17 if they've left school, your retirement age can seem a very long, long way away. Okay, Currently in the 60s, maybe when you retire because of the increased life expectancy, that could even be above 70 years old. But why does that matter? Well, I've, looked, I've broken it down into some situations where this might be a consideration for you. The first is people worry about locking money away for that long because they might need it in the case of an emergency. Well, I'm not even going to put that in the consideration of ISIS versus pensions because your emergency fund should be something that's completely separate to this. This is money that you are putting away until you retire. That's the idea of it. It's not money that you're putting away for retirement unless something else happens. You need to buy a car in the short term or things like that. It shouldn't matter. Those short term decisions don't play any role in this long term investment. Whether you have your money in an ISA or you put your money into your retirement accounts through a pension, these are effectively the same. You should think about them in the same way. Either way, you shouldn't want to touch them until you retire. The idea of them is they will provide an income when you retire. It's not money that might be used for an emergency. Okay. The second factor is people say that sometimes that they are bad at saving. And so this is actually a good thing. If you put your money in your pension, it's very illiquid. It means you actually can't touch it for that many years. The rules actually stop you from spending it. So when you have a midlife crisis at the age of 45 and you want to buy a new Ferrari... <laughs> Having your money locked away in that retirement account stop you from doing that. So maybe that's a tick for the pensions box. But once again, I'm not really going to add that because that's more of a mentality thing and it's something that you should try and overcome. You shouldn't be at just the whim of a big purchase and just blowing all your pensions on that because you're, you're investing this money for the long term. However, one factor to do with liquidity, which is important and should be in your consideration, is what alternatives are out there. Okay, so when we said you can invest in an ISA or a pension, have a tax-free wrapper, we're effectively making that comparison and we're saying the things you can invest in are around the same. Now, the highest return on those things tends to be, and why we suggest it throughout this episode and generally, is about 10%, maybe 12% depending on the market, investing in low-cost market-tracking ETFs of major market indices, the FTSE 100, S&P 500 in America, um the Nikkei 225, all, all the main the main states, maybe having part of that invested in international funds. How you want to split that is up to you. But uh, generally, that's the return you get is around 10%. It's difficult to beat that. However, there are other alternatives where you may want to invest your cash and where you can earn a higher return than that. The most common of these tend to be investing in a small business or hopefully a large business. The argument behind that is that Bill Gates probably doesn't think too much about where his money is saved in an ISA or a pension for the long term. Another one of those is real estate. You can't buy property uh, within an ISA or a pension, but the returns on that might be much better. For instance, let's say you've got £100,000 in your retirement account and it's earning 10%. Okay, So you've got £10,000 of income for that year, but you don't actually pay any tax on that. Instead, you could say, well, I put my £100,000 into a property investment and maybe that returns 15% ROI. 
So you've got 15 grand. You'd then get taxed on that at 20%, and so you'd be left with 12 grand afterwards. So it's actually more profitable to do that, even though you're paying more tax. So trying to think about other alternatives and where you want to invest your money in, in that way and make your money work harder should actually be a real consideration in the argument of pensions versus ISAs. I say in pensions versus ISAs, but maybe I should say pensions versus not pensions because you wouldn't actually be investing your money in ISAs in that scenario. You just wouldn't be investing in the pensions so that you can have the the option to use it for other investments. Now, those other investments do tend to be more risky and hence why you get higher rewards, but that is something you might want to think about. The final thing is that things change. Rules change, especially regarding pensions. We've had huge changes to the pension rules in the last year. Uh, One of them is actually another tick for the pensions in the the scrapping of the death tax, which means that you can now pass on pensions um, to your loved ones, onto your family members without having to pay uh, what was called the death tax before, uh, which is a big tick for the pensions compared to the past. But putting that much money in something that is essentially governed by the whim of the government, they could simply say, we're now going to charge you more income tax when it comes out, or we're going to limit the amount you can have in there, so you need to take some money out of your pension, that kind of thing. Um, so it's generally better, I would say, to have your money in an ISA and having your money in the hand as far as rules changing in the future. And so that's, again, something that we need to factor in. So, who wins? Pensions versus ISAs. Well, there isn't an out-and-out winner. And maybe this goes back to what Ambaya says, that it doesn't really matter between ISAs and pensions. But I would say there's not a winner in general. There will be a winner for you. Okay, You need to consider the weighting you place against each of these factors. Yes, it's better to have a pension because of the employer match. But if your employer match is only 1% instead of 15%, then it's not going to have such a greater weighting towards pensions being better than ISAs. Equally, if you have a great knowledge of real estate, you're very well connected um, in in your property investments and you can think that you can consistently earn 15 to 20% ROI, maybe even more once you decide to leverage with buy-to-let mortgages, then that's going to play a much bigger factor um, towards not investing in a pension. The key is that when someone comes to me and they say, should I invest in an ISA or a pension? My response is always yes. Yes, you should. You should be investing for the long term, towards your long term future. You should have a plan for your retirement. You should have worked out a monetary figure that you want to have by the age that you retire, a predefined age. And you should know that that income will support you for the rest of your life based on the expenses that you expect to have in retirement. You need a plan. And often investing in an ISA or a pension will help you get to that plan. Whether you're saying one or the other, then you have to consider these factors and you have to fill in the numbers in the spreadsheet and work out which is going to be best for you individually. So as I say, head on over to www.moneystepper.com forward slash PVI and there you'll have some spreadsheets. You'll have a link to another article I've written in the past on this subject uh, and you can kind of work out for yourself which is better, pensions or ISAs.
Great, so that concludes our ISAs versus pensions battle. Not sure there was a clear winner, but you can decide for yourself if, if there is in your own personal situation. Before I leave you, uh, share with you a good feeling article of the week. Um, this one, I'm sure you've probably seen it yourselves. It seems to be everywhere on all my news feeds and Twitter and Facebook, everyone else. Uh, it's the mystery act of kindness from uh, from someone who spent $9 on their coffee and they left a note saying, thank you for your service. I overheard you talking about your son. Use this to visit him and left a $200 tip along with their $9 coffee. Um, two things I've taken from this. One, it's pretty good to be in a financially secure position to allow you to do things like that. Pretty awesome if you can make people's days and make people very happy and give generously to others. But to be able to do that, you need to be in a very financially secure position yourself. And secondly, it's reinstigated my desire to do something in the May mini challenge. So the April mini challenge was to learn something new. And the May mini challenge I will release next week have something to do with giving generously to others i'll work on that this week and define exactly what it should be but that's something to look forward to for the may mini challenge right before i go uh the usual plea remember uh, i was 57th on the itunes rankings in the investing section my aim was to get into the top 25 i'm now 206th I don't like such uh, such results. I feel like a bit of a failure. So I'm going to go on a push in the next month to try and get a lot of reviews for the podcast, try and spread the word a bit more. Uh, one way that I can do that easily is is for you guys, you loyal listeners, to head on over to iTunes and, and leave a short review, quick rating. Be honest if there's things that you'd like to hear, things that you're bored of in in the in these podcasts, then do let me know and I can change them. Equally, you can email me with any feedback or suggestions you have. But uh, if you want to help me try and spread the word, then the iTunes review is the way to do that. Other than that, just the same. Keep on climbing. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.